The Detroit Tigers offense is uh, is back. All, all back to all singles. Drop this one 5-2 to two to the Boston Red Sox today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Okay, so the Detroit Tigers dropped this one, as we said in the cold open, 5-2 to two to the Boston Red Sox in Fenway. Um, Yeah. So this was very much a, a same old, same old, like reverting back to the norm. Uh, you know, only time will tell whether this game is the, the pump fake, right? And, oh, Riley Green gets called up and, and the offense starts hitting and, oh, you know, the rest of the year is going to be a lot more fun. Or whether the two games on Saturday and Sunday were the pump fake. And based on sample size, you know, doesn't take a, uh, a genius to figure out which one's way more likely, like way more likely based on some sample size. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I'll say the 100 games in which the offense could not hit an extra base hit. I mean, this is, this is Fenway Park, man. This is double city. This is double and home run city. This, I, I mean – just hit a pop fly to left field. It's either a home or a double, like guaranteed. Golly. Went back right to how we've always been. We we actually out-hit the Red Sox in this game. But let, let's take a look at the difference, okay? Let's take a look at the difference. So we out-hit the Sox. It's the Red Sox are the Sox, by the way, just for the record. The Boston Red Sox are the Sox. The Chicago White Sox are the Chicago White Sox. The Red Sox are the Sox. Um, that's you know what I'm saying. So let's let's just let's just compare and contrast. Okay, the Detroit Tigers get ten hits in this one. One walk. It was Riley Green. Five walks in his first three career games. I'm pretty sure Javi has ten on the year. So that's sad, but also cool. And the Boston Red Sox have nine hits and two walks. So both of us have 11 base runners. Exactly. They score two. We, sorry, we score two. They score five. Extra base hits. They have four doubles in this game. Four doubles. An error by our center fielder helped. That wasn't great, right? Probably should be one that that Riley Green brings in. Uh, He covered a lot of ground to get there, which was nice. And then just tried to catch it with his hand instead of his glove for some reason. Not that that doesn't seem like it's really something that will be sustainable. That doesn't really feel like like his his error numbers have not been high anywhere he's played his entire life. I'm not worried about it, but it was definitely a head scratcher. Definitely a head scratcher. Um, so four doubles to our two doubles. There you go. And you know the even crazier part is. 
that leadoff hitters in an inning. It felt like, especially when Fajardo was on the bump, man, every single leadoff hitter got on base. I mean, golly, Duran looked like he was Ricky Henderson. I mean, was like the greatest leadoff hitter of all time in this game. Two for three, two runs scored, and a walk. Just, and and, you know, he's having a pretty solid season, but golly. I mean, that was... (laughs) That guy was a menace. And like the biggest thing, the Boston Red Sox, that is a damn good lineup, man. That is a a damn good lineup. Duran, Devers, Martinez, Bogarts, Doogie, Story. That is a lineup. That is a top six. That is a, a lethal top six. And then like Frenchie Cordero, super fun and 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 a pretty exciting. Um at Jackie Bradley Jr. at Fenway Park is Barry Bonds. It's just on the road. He's, you know, Ryan Rayburn. So like it's it's a that that lineup is is so legit and it really is just for them going to come down to pitching. And when you play a team like the Tigers, that does not that's not a great matchup. Right? That's not a great matchup. The Detroit Tigers need to go up against a team that uh maybe <laughs> has has weak weak pitching is good the fact that their offense is good is is not good we we need a team that that has really really brutal pitching and also has a weak offense (laughs) that's encouraging you need to play a team that's bad basically no but but for real like the red sox can't outscore you and they are set up in a way where they can afford to give up three, four, five runs and still outscore you when everybody's on. I mean, the heart of that lineup, I, Rafi Devers is, is having a, a breakout to his already fantastic career. Like it's not a breakout's probably not the right word, but taking an ascending higher, like taking another step forward into uh, being one of the premier hitters on the planet. Then you have J.D. Martinez, who we all know and love very, very well, uh, is a phenomenal hitter, obviously. Xander Bogarts, right, searching searching for a bag himself and, and with all the drama with story and, oh, I'm not going to move from shortstop and everything. The, the reason he's going to get paid the big bucks and gets paid the big bucks is because of what he does at the plate. So like that, two, three, and four, the OPS is of their two, three, and four. 988 for Rafi. 944 for JD, 882 for Bogarts. You have to be able to put up runs if you want to beat the Boston Red Sox in Fenway Park. And this team just went right back to how they've been before Riley Green got called up. And again, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe they, they do go on and they do bounce back the next two games and, and put up some run totals like they did in the first two games. But Again, based on sample size and based on what we have seen a majority of this season, I certainly wouldn't hold my breath. I really wouldn't. So, again, same old story. Uh, 11 base runners and only two runs is really brutal. Just really bad with runners in scoring position. Uh, A lot of rallies with two outs, which is unbelievably frustrating as well because you, you can't have a sack fly with two outs. You can't hit a ground ball to the right side and score a runner from third. There, there's so much stuff 
you know, getting two hits with two outs that are both singles, that, that's asking for a lot to, to get three, four consecutive hits with two outs in the inning. That only happens against the Tigers, not for the Tigers. So uh, just really, a, 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 honestly, a frustrating game because the, the opposition on the bump, really until the back part of the game, like Schreiber, we'll talk about him. That's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but Tanner Houck is, has filthy, filthy stuff. Schreiber's been one of the best relievers in baseball this year. If, if you remember that name, uh, I hate to break it to you, if he left Detroit and became like prime Mariano Rivera. So um, that, you know, going up against those guys at the end is somewhat excusable. Um, and like their starters ERA dropped like an entire run in this one because uh, and he still gave up two runs like it wasn't even like a lethal performance or anything but just really really um yeah very frustrating to kind of just revert back we had an exciting weekend and then now we're right back where we were so not 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 unforeseen not super surprising i'm not here shocked by it by any stretch of the imagination we said on yesterday even within all the excitement you know, I, I, I reiterated multiple times, it is very possible that this is just a flash in the pan and we go right back to how we were for the rest of the year. Um, but doesn't make it any less frustrating. Okay, we'll get into Fiedo. We'll get in. I do want to talk about John Schreiber, honestly, because that's a that's a crazy, crazy story um, that, that I really want to highlight. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about the rest of the game and everything. First, though, I got to tell you all about rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers. You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more from the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? It just doesn't make sense. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. So go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody. We are back here for segment two at Lockdown Tigers. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. Um, okay, let's get in. What do we want to get into? I, I kind of just want to talk about, well, well, we should talk about Fayeto first. We'll save Schreiber and kind of the miscellaneous stuff for the end. So Alex Fiedo pitches in this one. Um, look, it, it was not a super great performance. He Really, the biggest thing is he just gave up a ton of hard contact. He was getting hit all over the yard pretty darn hard. A 93-mile-an-hour average exit velocity, um, which is high for sure. He maxed out at 118. I'm pretty sure Franchi Cordero had a 118-mile-an-hour single uh, at one point in this game. So... Definitely got got hit really hard, but the biggest thing, uh, the biggest, I don't even know what I was trying to say there. The four-seam fastball is probably the most, I don't know if alarming is probably way too dramatic of a word, but the four-seam fastball is definitely the thing to take a look at here because the average exit velocity 
on the four-seam fastball. The average exit velocity on his four-seamer in this game was 103.5 miles an hour. 103.4 to be exactly. To be exact. English. Golly. I'm a writer. That is unbelievably high. Seven balls put in play. Fouled off nine times. A CSW percentage of his four seam of 20%. That is low. That's very low. He had three whiffs on it and only six called strikes. So he threw the four seamer 45 times, only nine times in the entire outing, and 93 total pitch count. Only nine times was his four seam fastball, either a called strike or a swinging miss strike. Really, really brutal. So that is the most alarming thing is just that. And, and it, you know, it, it makes sense. Like, dare I say, this is a rookie pitcher who mainly relies on two pitches and the Boston Red Sox have some of the best fastball hitters on the planet from one through six, two through five, especially two through four, I guess, especially. So it, it's not exactly like, oh, this is super shocking, right? Not a very shocking development that that Fieda would, would have trouble, A, against this team, period, um, just because of where he's at in his career, but B, uh, you know, with the fastball specifically. And the slider was still the, the best pitch, as it consistently has been his entire collegiate and professional career. Um, CSW percentage of 28% called strikes plus whiffs CSW. Some people keep asking me about that almost every show. So I just want to keep reiterating, um, pretty fun stat. Definitely take a look into it. If you're, if you're trying to get into, uh, get into pitching statistics, um, four whiffs, the most whiffs of any pitch only had seven on the, on the night, right? Pretty, pretty low total seven whiffs on 93 pitches. Um, he would only go what four and a third. Yeah, four and a third, eight hits, five runs, four of them earned, again, Riley Green, Aaron, center field, two walks and two strikeouts. Just just a really tough lineup to maneuver in. And I, I don't want people to forget the weight that has been put on all of these dudes' shoulders that are coming in and replacing the actual rotation that's hurt. Like, least we forget, we have four starting pitchers all hurt at the same time. And one of them is not coming back this year. One of them is, is done for the entire season. Uh, one of them, Pineda just started throwing again, re- what, last week? So that's a good sign. Could be getting him back relatively soon. E- Erod, we, we haven't gotten an update on. He's just not with the organization at all at the moment. Uh, and then who am I forgetting? Scooble. My oh, and then Matt Manning. We we haven't had an update on Matt Manning in, in a pretty long time either. He, no update on whether he's throwing where he's at in his rehab or anything, but he was coming back and then got shut down again. So A, the pitching situation is not changing. It's not going anywhere. This is a problem that will probably persist through game 162. And more importantly, we have to remember that while Chris Fetter is is for my money, probably the best in the world at his job, uh, if not one of the best in the world at his job. We we have to remember that that these are still Alex Fiedo on opening day was in high single A. He was in A plus ball. 
at, on, on opening day. So we, we got to remember what we're working with here. And just because for a little bit there, he was way above expectations. Doesn't mean that the new expectations are up there. Still a rookie that started off the season in a ball. So uh, we'll, we'll see going forward. Like I said, he's not going anywhere. It's not changing, but that that's what we got to deal with that. Only five changeups in this game. I think that personally, I would have liked to see the changeup thrown a little bit more. Uh, I wasn't, you know, if you don't have a feel for it, you don't have a feel for it. I mean, he threw it five times. It was never, uh, the bat never touched it, uh, but it was also only called for a strike once and no whiffs on it. Uh, so, uh, I mean, if you don't have a feel for it, you don't have a feel for it. Obviously, he knows what he's feeling on the mound better than I do watching from my couch. But, uh, I mean, 93 pitches, 45 four seam, 43 slider, five changeup. The changeup has looked good at the major league level, um, and, and they were crushing your fastball, dog. They were crushing your fastball, not fooling anybody. So in a perfect world, I would have liked to see that more, but maybe you just don't have a feel for a pitch, and that's just all it is. And can't, can't really blame a dude for that. So, um, okay, we'll get into the bullpen and John Schreiber because uh, I, I really want to talk about Schreiber a little bit. First, though, got to tell y'all about our friends over at Built Bar. You know how they're always coming out with amazing flavors and all that. Well, this time they've truly outdone themselves because they're introducing a mud plot pie flavor. They have a mud pie bar and a mud pie puff. They, they sent all the hosts them, so we knew what we were, they were selling, and they're unbelievable. Both of them, honestly, unbelievable. The, the puff and the bar itself, absolutely phenomenal. It, it's all 100% real chocolate. It's topped with cookies and cream. You have to try it. Seriously, you have to. And you also need to hurry because the Mud Pie Bar and Mud Pie Puff are only available for a limited time. So visit Built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. If you're still not convinced, we've saved the best for last. It's actually good for you. This is not just a candy bar. This is actually really, really good for you. And that's the great thing about Built. Amazing taste, amazing flavor, and yet still great stats or whatever on the back right i call them stats that's the the sports nerd in me but uh great great they're just amazing covered in 100 real chocolate like i said healthy and tasty um they're made with protein your body absorbs it more efficiently it provides tons of health benefits eat something that tastes good and is good for you so go to built.com right now use code lock 15 for 15 percent off of your order. It's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, everybody. We are back for our third and final segment here at Locked On Tigers. Appreciate y'all for rocking with me, making us your first listen every single day. We're all in this together, baby. We're all in this season together. Um, there's nothing really else. Okay, offensive highlights. There are two offensive highlights that I three, two, two and a half that I wanna that I wanna cover. Uh, Riley Green walked again. We already talked about it. Did get a strikeout. That's like the only thing that uh, people that were anti Riley Green were were kind of pointing at when he was coming through is that his strikeout numbers were like a little high. Personally, I'm not worried about it. I'm, that doesn't mean that, you know, he's going to ever have an incredible K rate. 
or a K percentage. And, and that doesn't mean that he might have a little bit of a higher there in the first year or two of his career, but um, you know, he, he's so young and still developing and, and his, his hands travel so well, I'm really not worried about it at all. Um, so that, that was one. I, I thought he continued to look really good at the plate. That third strike call was, was objectively off the plate. And uh, it just, that one just confused me because it was off the plate. Like, it was that was a ball um and the the he missed the glove the pitcher missed the glove pretty pretty considerably a lot of glove movement had to happen by the catcher which is usually a knock against you when it comes to calling balls and strikes it was framed terribly like one of the worst frame job frame jobs i've ever seen it it was it was horrible um and it was a straight fastball and yet it was still called a ball whatever um, but I thought he still looked really good at the plate. Javi Baez very quietly is on a little bit of a hit streak here. Uh, he did not strike out in this game, which has become somewhat of a rarity at this point in the season. Um, and he's hitting the ball pretty, pretty darn hard and still looking good in the field. Had one kind of weird, like fastball, fastball, ground ball, ate him up, but still got the play at first. So it wasn't a very big deal. Um, but goes two for four in this one uh, with a double, two doubles, actually. There you go. Does that mean, hold on, two. Okay, so we had we had three doubles in this one. Javi had two, two players hit doubles, whatever, going back earlier. The problem still persists. <laughs> Do- doesn't change anything I said earlier, um, but I'm sure somebody has already, already called me out for it. Um, so th- I just want to, he's quietly on a hit streak. What is that? Four or five games in a row with a hit very quietly hitting the ball pretty hard while doing it. Something to keep an eye out for. Hopefully it's sustainable. He's slowly moving back up in the lineup to uh, hit fourth. in this one was down at sixth at one point, seventh at one point. So working his way back up. Hopefully it's a sign of things to come batting average at 200 for people that like that. Um, you know, we just, we just need something. We just need someone hitting the ball for extra bases. We just need somebody. So that's really nice to see. And then Spencer Torkelson. Ever since Riley Green got called up, he's just been killing it. And like the funny narrative is like, oh, you know, he just needed his best friend up. Um, I don't know how much truth that is. Baseball is, you know, Yogi Berra quote, half mental, half physical, the other half, right? So there is uh, the... the uh, <laughs> I don't know if I completely buy that he just like, oh, Riley Green's here, and then he just started is going to be incredible the rest of the year. But I'm sure that it is nice having someone that he can relate to, et cetera, kind of kind of in the dugout and in the clubhouse with him. I'm sure that's a little nicer, but I'm not sure that it's a direct correlation, but it did start directly after. That's pretty subjective. I'll, I'll let I'll let you have your own opinion about that, but. Um, really good to see him getting going regardless. The barrel control has been really, really solid lately, and his balance at the plate has also been really, really solid lately. The balance was never too terribly much of a problem regardless, but it's looked really solid the last three or four games. And and like I said, the biggest thing with him is honestly just barrel control and where he's getting the barrel on and, and when he's coming around on pitches and, and all that stuff. So really, really nice to see. Another multi multi-hit game for Spencer Torkelson. Hopefully he can get the ball rolling there. His OPS is almost at 600 again. 
And I know that's like a really sad minor victory to take, but that, you know, if we can get back to there, we'll, we'll take it. Just want some offense on this team. Uh, the relievers that pitched in this one, Tyler Alexander gave up a couple of runs, but neither of them were credited to him because they're Alex Fajardo's runs. Um, Joe Jimenez looked phenomenal. One of the best innings I've seen all year of Joe Jimenez. Uh, one of the best innings he, he's pitched in, in recent memory. So phenomenal. Really nice to see that. His ERA drops back below four, which is solid. And then Will Vest with a uh, one, two, three final inning in this one, eighth inning as well. Um, but no strikeouts or anything, not not too big in that department, but really, really solid outing nonetheless. Okay, I just want to talk about John Schreiber. John Schreiber is from Michigan, and he pitched for the Tigers, was it 2020? I believe it was. So when he was a Tiger, he had a really like solid changeup. He did. It, it was a it, he pitched for us in 2019 as well. Solid changeup, and I really liked him. Uh, I was like weird. I was weirdly kind of like, hey, this is a guy that I kind of like. I kind of like a reliever that comes out and, and has a really solid changeup like that. Pretty decent movement. The thing was, his fastball was not nearly fast enough to just not to justify to make people off balance with said good changeup. He then goes to Boston after 2020. We, we cut ties with him. He goes to Boston. In 2021, he only pitched three innings, gave up one run. And then this year, these are John Schreiber's stats. Okay? Unbelievable. 20 games. He has 20.2 innings, to be exact. Okay? A 0.87 ERA in almost 21 innings. He has given up two earned runs on the entire season. One of them, well, he's given up one homer, I should say. 24 strikeouts is a 10.5K per nine, a 2.2 walk per nine, a whip of 0.67. His hit per nine is sub four at the moment. His fastball uh, was consistently at 96 97 miles an hour in this game in 2020 john schreiber's fastball averaged 89.8 miles an hour according to cody Stavenhaven of the athletic why why i'm ge i genuinely want to know why how does that happen and like it's funny but and like the bullpen's been pretty solid for us this year. I'm not I'm not losing sleep over the loss of John Shriver, but but also why? Why is that a thing? Why did that happen? His ERA is 0 0.87, right? In two years with the Tigers, 28 games, right? 28.2 innings. He had a 6.28 ERA. In 23.2 career innings with the Boston Red Sox, his ERA is 1-1-4. Why? Find out why and instill it. Figure out how that's possible 
to have your average fastball ball velocity go up almost 10 miles an hour at 27 years old and do that to your players. Why? How? Where? When? Remarkable. Remarkable stuff. And I, and I love Schreiber. It was a cool story uh, because he, he's from Wyandotte and just, you know, seeing him debut with the Tigers and everything was a co- super cool story. I remember his, his his debut. I remember his first game very vividly uh, because they made a big deal out of that because what else did we have to talk about in 2019? Um, it, it's just figure out how that's possible. Please, please figure out how that's possible and make sure that it, that it doesn't keep happening. Unbelievable stuff. Okay, we'll take on the Red Sox again tomorrow. Today, as you're listening to this, obviously. And look, it's a rough game. Uh, the offense needs to wake up. The offense, not breaking news, right? Not not too much new to say. The offense needs to uh, to do their jobs. And you're still in a position where, where you could take two. Forever the optimist as, as you know, it's it's really a, I can't win if I do can't win if I don't I <laughs> I'm either too much of an optimist or too much of a pessimist depends on who you ask but um, we're still here go 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 take tomorrow go take Tuesday set yourself up for a fun finale I think Scooble gets the finale is that right let's find out really quickly Scooble definitely gets one of the next two games. I'm pretty sure he gets the finale, which is such a cheat code. Not, I mean, his last two starts haven't been great, I guess, but that's so nice to have Scooby going on a finale day. Uh, okay, so tomorrow, Tuesday, is Brisky versus, wow, Rich Hill. Blank Mountain, still still kicking it. Um, and then, yeah, Scooble versus Michael Waka, who's had a phenomenal season for the Red Sox. Um, that is your series finale so there you go i'll be back with you tomorrow same time same place you know the drill uh thanks for making lockdown tigers your first listen every day check out the ultimate nba mock draft it's it's great it really is great so search the ultimate nba mock draft uh they have over 50 insiders odyssey sports experts draft experts lockdown nba big board it's just a, a complete I'm lacking the word culmination of all the best uh, minds available to lockdown. It really is a fun listen. Uh, The five episode ultimate NBA mock draft is underway. So make that your second listen today. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Everybody we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. Stop attacking your own fan base. It's weird. We're, We're all in the same boat. Nobody's happy. I don't know why we're, why, this fan base insists on attacking and, and, and tearing down its own members. Let's go like, I don't know, pick, pick a different fan base, pick our opponent. Maybe, I don't know. Just seems weird to, to me. I've, I've never understood like the, the whole, Oh, well you're, I don't know. I I disagree with you. So we're just going to like hate each other, even though we're both mad at the same thing. That's weird to me. Anyway, peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.